0: from Isaiah 11:1 through 9. A shoot shall come from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see, or decide by what his ears hear. But with righteousness, he shall judge the poor and decide with equity. For the meek of the earth, he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. And with the breath of his lips, he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist and faithfulness, the belt around his loins. For the, oops, sorry. The wolf shall live with the lamb the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion, and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the whole of the asp, and the weakened child shall put its hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. The word of the Lord. All thanks be to God.
1: So I, let me just make sure my microphone is on. All right, here we go. I was really excited to come this morning. Uh, some, some weeks, you know, you, you get up and it's the thing that you do. But I was really excited to come. This has been a really great week uh, with the community of faith here at Spring Creek. And I just wanted to share a few stories to get us uh, started, to get us rolling uh, this morning. And some of it's uh, some debriefing of our our food truck Friday um, this week. We, we had another huge uh, group of people here in the parking lot, playing on the inflatable stuff, uh, just some really good things. And I want to share a few stories that uh, we've started to hear around this. Um, First one comes, uh, Missy related this story to me. A couple of these stories actually come from you. So, um, One of the vendors, the, the food truck people, wanted to know at the end of the evening what our fee was for them coming. Typically, these food trucks come, and they have to pay some kind of fee to show up, or else it's done as a fundraiser, and part of their proceeds are donated back to the organization. And Missy said, there's no fee. He said, Why are you doing this then? She said, Because people are tired of being inside. We want to get together. We want to, to meet people around us. We want you to have a good night. We want to have a good night. This is why we're here. This is why we're doing this. One of our uh, next door neighbors uh, came over and was grabbing food at the end of the evening. And he was, he was walking back, and, and we've interacted a couple of times o- over my time here. Um, and uh, he said, this is, this is a really neat thing that you guys are doing, that your church is doing. And I said, hey, we're, we're having fun, and uh, it's, it's been really neat. And he stopped and he said, your church feels really good. It's good that they're alive again. Yeah. Another neighbor, um, well, let, let me just say a little bit more about that. Um, it's, it's wonderful to, to see that. It's wonderful to hear that. It, you know, and, and the more we get opportunities to engage with folks, to, to interact with them, uh, it's, it's wonderful to start to hear those things. Another close neighbor said uh, they, were, they were out and and uh, just seeing what was going on and they said, this is great. you can tell Jesus is at the center. I don't know what you picture as the wedding feast of the Lamb. At, at the end of all things when when God brings all things to rights makes, all things new, and the reign of God is completely realized, and, and, and Revelation talks about this, this wedding feast, but the picture in my mind that's starting to emerge is a bunch of food trucks. <laughs> and at first, I wanted to say food trucks without lines, but you know what? I'm not so sure that the lines won't be there. We just won't care about the lines, because there will be good things happening. There will be worship and fellowship and, and, and all kinds of just sharing God's praise in those lines. And when we get to the food, we'll get to the food. And we'll be able to, to partake of the food from all the nations that gather. The, the, the Mexican food truck and, and, and the uh, good southern cooking truck. And, and m- you know what? It'll be healthy and we won't feel you know, a little uh, overwhelmed at the end of the evening. An opportunity to, to meet with one another. You know, we are doing this because we believe the reign of God looks like people joined together to share fellowship with one another. Because Christ is all in all. And So maybe we can catch a glimpse of what the kingdom looks like with a bunch of food trucks, and our neighbors gathering, and children playing, and people laughing, and neighbors starting to say, this feels good. Jesus is at the center of it. Isaiah chapter 10, or chapter 11 and 12, this is where we are heading this morning. This is all going to feed into that. But as we stop to, to pause and and look at Isaiah 11 and 12, would you pray with me? Holy Spirit, you are moving. You are alive and active and, and whispering and shouting and, and moving and prompting and disturbing and all kinds of other things in our hearts and lives. May we be attentive to the way you are moving. May the words of my mouth, the meditation of our hearts, be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, Amen. So it's been a couple of weeks, but we were looking at Isaiah chapter 10. And at the end of Isaiah chapter 10, Isaiah is talking about God cutting down the trees of Lebanon and the powerful cities around Jerusalem. Uh, Isaiah sees this vision of God using and utilizing as tools the, the kingdoms, the empires, the nations of the world. And so uh, Assyria is going to be used as a tool of, of God to, to bring judgment against uh, a number of the, the nations around ...Judah and Jerusalem, he's going to use them as a tool to bring judgment against Judah and Jerusalem itself... ...for its, its failure to exercise authority on behalf of the vulnerable and the poor. And so, it, here at the end of chapter 10, uh, Isaiah is talking about God cutting down these powerful trees. And as we then move into chapter 11... We hear about, a shoot shall come out of the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. John Watts, uh, one commentator, says, Isaiah is going back to Jesse rather than David, perhaps as a way of signifying going back to Bethlehem rather than the, the mighty royal city of Jerusalem. Isaiah wants us to see this, this new route, this new shoot, not out of the, the strength and majesty of the royal city, but out of the, the forgotten town, the backwater town, Bethlehem. Of course, for us followers of Jesus, that, that Bethlehem thing is, is going to ring out again. We're going to hear the echoes of that again again. It highlights the smallness of the remnant shoot. It highlights uh, the branch as opposed to the once mighty cedar of Lebanon that Judah once imagined themselves. And out of this stump, it's an indication that this kingdom of Israel is not what it once was. It is no longer the great tree. It is no longer uh, the the once mighty place that it once was. And instead, in its place is a shoot, is, is something new coming from it. A new branch or a shoot that comes from the rootstock of the old. This is not something completely new, but it is in continuity with the old. And what we see then is Isaiah describing what this new king, what this, this new root, this, this or this new shoot, this new branch will look like. It says the the spirit or the, the ruach of God, the, the spirit or breath of Yahweh shall rest on him. Not just about a, a purely genealogical line from David, but a spirit-filled, God-breathed leader. Is that is that me? Something beeping? Anybody else here? I'm not imagining that. Okay. Okay. There we go. Oop. All right. Okay. This, this root will come. This uh, uh, Sorry. The, the ruach, uh, the, that's the Hebrew word for the spirit or the breath of Yahweh, shall rest. On this this new king. A spirit or a breath of wisdom and understanding. A spirit or a breath of of counsel and might or strength. A spirit of knowledge and a a fear. Often the Old Testament uses the fear of God or the the reverent awe of Yahweh. It says, Isaiah says, this, This new king shall not judge by what his eyes see or, or decide by what his ears hear. And Isaiah is actually uh, recalling the story of, of David, David being anointed as the next king. If you, you think back to this story out of uh, Samuel, where the prophet Samuel uh, is going and called to go and anoint the next king of Israel. Because Saul, who was the the current king, had not been obedient to God. He had had taken things into his own hands. He had not trusted God. And and so the kingdom was going to be stripped away from him. And so Samuel goes to Bethlehem, to uh, the the, uh, home of Jesse. And he asks Jesse to bring all of his sons before Samuel. Because the next king of Israel will be one of Jesse's sons. And so all of these... Uh, sons of Jesse start prating in front of Samuel. And, you know, some of them are, you know, the oldest and they're the, the strongest. And, and, you know, Samuel sees them and says, well, man, he looks like a king. He's, he's, you know, got lots of muscles or whatever Samuel was drawn to. I don't know. He sees him and he says, surely this is God's next anointed one. And God's whispering to him going, that's not it. I'm not interested in the outward things. I'm interested in the heart. So all of Jesse's sons come before Samuel, and none of them is the next king. Samuel says to Jesse, is is this all of your sons? And Jesse says, well, there's the youngest out with the sheep. Let's bring him in. And it's David who is anointed as the next king because of what's in his heart. Not because of what he sees. It's recalling David's selection. This future king will do the same. He will judge by the rightness of people's hearts. He won't judge by what he hears or, 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 or what he's, everyone else is seeing. But, but based on the character, based on where their heart is at, this New king will come and judge with righteousness. He shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. One scholar translates it like this. He will exercise authority with faithfulness for the poor and reprove with uprightness for the humble people of the country. The king's exercise of authority is on behalf of the poor and the meek. So this coming king shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. And we hear that verse, and the first thing that popped into my, my mind when I read this was, how does this fit into a peace church theology? Well, this is not an endorsement, nor is it an outright condemnation of capital punishment or the use of violence. But whereas at the end of chapter 10, God is using nations to cut down the tallest trees, to hack down the thickets of the first with an axe. And it's, it's, I mean, it's it's a violent image there at the end of chapter 10. In place of that, the future king will speak with such authority and exercise authority with the words that he will speak he will execute judgment with the words that come from his mouth. The New Testament writers recall this image in a number of places. Ephesians 6:17, where the word of the Spirit or the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. Paul uses this, this armor imagery. And he talks about the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. It's not a literal sword. Hebrews 4.12, the Word of God is sharper than any sword. So again, it's the Word of God. Revelation 19 talks about a rider on a white horse that slays with a sword coming from his mouth. This is not the tattooed warrior God that some imagine. It is certainly this, this rider on a white horse is not uh, carrying the sword uh, the way a typical sword is wielded. I, I turned on the Olympics the other day and they had fencing. I enjoy watching these different sports that I'm really not familiar with. And you know what I am realized with the fencing? Not a one of them had the foil in their mouth. Not a one of them had the sword stuck in their mouth. That is not the way you wield a sword. And so when John puts out this image of a rider on a white horse whose sword comes from his mouth, something different is happening. The words that he speaks are the words that judge. It's an indication that John means something very different. The authority with which the rider on the white horse speaks, this is what cuts So Isaiah is indicating that this future king will rule and exercise authority in a very different way than the typical sword-swinging, death-dealing way of normal kings. This coming king, this future king is very different. Isaiah says that righteousness shall be the belt around his waist and faithfulness the belt around his loins. And then Isaiah gives us a vision of a peaceful, restored kingdom. He says, they will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. The knowledge of Yahweh is not will not be confined to Jerusalem or Judah, but it will go out and cover the earth. John Watts says the knowledge of Yahweh imparted by his spirit has made it possible for all the world to be as God's own sanctuary with no need for separations and barriers. The knowledge of Yahweh implies such a relationship and a commitment to Yahweh and his ways that fellowship with him is possible and easy and that the fulfillment of his pleasure is presumed in all. In other words, the whole world will hear about this God, about the God of uh, Israel, the God of Judah, the God who will bring about this peaceful kingdom. So when Jesus ascends and he's telling his disciples, he's sending them out into the whole world to make disciples of the whole world. He is sending them out to accomplish, to, to to realize Isaiah's vision of the word of God going out as waters cover the sea. This fulfillment of hope, this, this kingly vision, this this vision of the future, initially this hope for this remnant and shoot of Jesse may have been placed in in King Hezekiah or King Josiah, who were kings that would come after Ahaz, who would come later in the days of Isaiah and and some of the other prophets. And for moments, they would be faithful to God. For moments, they would... live into this wisdom, they would, they would uh, be seeking God's spirit, they would be judging with righteousness for, for the poor and for the meek. And so there were moments, there were kings in the future that would give moments, glimpses of what this kingdom might look like. But ultimately, they would either mess up or their time would come and, and the next king would go back to the old way of doing things so it anticipates something different coming. People would catch a glimpse of the renewed, peaceful kingdom when these kings sought the spirit of Yahweh, when they judged with righteousness, when they defended the poor, when they were wise, and all of the other things that Isaiah talks about this new king being. But ultimately, these were not the forever kingdoms that the people longed for. And so the New Testament writers and the early church make it plain they don't want us to miss what's happening. And so they basically say let the reader understand that Yeshua, Jesus, son of Joseph, of the line and tribe of Judah, back to David, back to Jesse and Bethlehem, he is the ultimate fulfillment. Everything that Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and and all of these other prophets looked forward to is coming true in Jesus. He is the fulfillment in his life, death, and resurrection. He has brought the kingdom or the, the reign of God to bear on the here and now. And so this is the vision that Isaiah is presenting in chapter 11. And in the very next chapter, chapter 12, is this future song of thanksgiving. In view of a king that will judge, not by what he sees or hears, but with righteousness, with equity, led by the spirit, led by wisdom, led by understanding, counsel, strength, knowledge, and reverent awe of God. In view of the peaceful kingdom to come, where the word from the king is enough, where wolves and sheep Leopards and kids, calves and lions lie down together. Can we add where, where donkeys and elephants lie down together? Where Republicans and Democrats and Libertarians and, and all of them lie down together and get over it? Have a meal together? As the former enemies lie down together in the peaceful kingdom, the result is what we get in chapter 12, a song of thanksgiving and worship. In that day you will say, I will give thanks to you, O Yahweh, for though you were angry with me. And God knows there's plenty of reasons for him to be angry with me. Probably plenty of reasons for God to be angry with you. Plenty of reasons for God to be angry with all of the stuff going on around us. Yet your anger turned away. And you comforted me. God's anger is set aside. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my might. He has become my salvation. And with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known his deeds among the nations, proclaim that his name is exalted, sing praises to the Lord, for he has done graciously. Let this be known in all the earth, shout aloud and sing for joy, O royal Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel, amen. Sing and shout for joy. Make his deeds known. Over the last couple weeks, I've started joining together with some friends to do some some studying, some praying, uh, some thinking about what it means to be part of God's mission in the world. Uh, One writer, David Bosch, says... Uh, That the mission of God's people is to alert everyone everywhere to the universal reign of God through Christ. Or as Isaiah puts it, the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as waters cover the sea. I was asked some confronting questions this week in a video from a guy named Michael Frost. and I want to ask these questions to you. Do you believe Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is King? Do you believe that? Some of us do, and some of us aren't sure. That's that's, That's okay. That's honest. Do you believe that Jesus is King over everything, or just a few things? I realize that Not everyone sees or acknowledges it. But it doesn't deny that what we believe is that Jesus is Lord. Not just sometime in the future. Jesus is Lord, is King now. Church, our part in God's mission is to, Michael Frost says, create foretastes of the kingdom. Or another image is to be a trailer for the movie of the reign of God. You know, you, back in the day when we went to the movie theaters and you would, you would watch the previews. And if it was a, you know, kind of a lousy preview, you're like, oh, I don't need to see that. But if it was a really good preview, you start to sit up and you go, wow. It's got all the best parts of the movie. There to try and encourage you to come and and see the the full-length thing. And the best kinds of trailers, you sit up and you go, I want to see that. I gotta see that. Folks, that's what the church is called to do and be, is give people a glimpse. And so man, Friday night food trucks can be a little glimpse. Inviting children to come and have fun and, and learn and grow and us learning from them, learning from their eagerness, learn from their holy rambunctiousness, learn from their their hugs that they just distribute without caring about who you are or or, or what's going on in your life or or you know how you voted or or you know what mess you're in. They, just a hug. Catch little glimpses, little foretastes, little trailers of the kingdom to come. The king that Isaiah wrote about. The shoot out of the stump of Jesse in continuation with the line of David and Abraham. The king with the spirit of the Lord resting on him because he is the very word of God who rules with wisdom, who rules with understanding and counsel, strength and knowledge, who judges by hearts, not by appearance, who exercises authority on behalf of the poor and the meek of the earth, who rules through the power of his words rather than the strength of his sword, who comes to bring about the peaceable kingdom of God. He is Jesus the Christ. Amen. These next few moments are what I call um, a Selah moment. You're reading through Psalms, and you come across this strange word. It's usually written in italics, and it's, it's "sela." We don't know exactly what it means, but, but most often scholars think it means something to the effect of stop and think about it. Stop and listen. And so in these next few moments, I want us to stop and listen And I want to offer us some next steps to think about. To think about how the Spirit is speaking to you this morning. To open your ears, open your hearts to the way the Spirit is moving and breathing. Have you recognized the kingship of Jesus The king who knows our hearts, who knows our mess, who knows our worries, anxieties, our brokenness, and our sin, and yet has turned away his anger to comfort us. I'd love to sit down and talk with you more about what Jesus' reign means for your life. Or maybe in this moment we need to think about how we can have a better movie trailer for the feature film of the reign of God. How might the trailer of our lives, the trailer we live as a congregation, be one that our neighbors, that our coworkers, that our classmates, that our friends and families sit up and say, wow, we've got to see that movie. Or, or neighbors that come and say, Your church, what you're doing feels good. Neighbors that come and say, Jesus is at the center of this. That say, why are you doing this? And we have an opportunity to both announce and demonstrate the reign of God. And so in these next moments of reflection, stop to hear what the Spirit is saying in our midst.
0: Selah. Stop and think about it. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace be with you all.